Um, he also created the inter- interstate highway system. Um, he did do civil rights legislation supporting that, black voters. So, so both but, of those, both of those are very American things, aren't they? What civil rights the and the American highway system? Yeah, yeah, and we treat both of them about the same now. Um, underfunded and not maintained very well. All right, welcome to Dad Bod History. Um, I'm Eric. I'm Jake. And we have a guest, Cameron, with us today. Um, it's been really difficult to book him with his agent, but here he is. Um, it took all of five minutes last night well, to get him on. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and here's the thing is, um, you know, we did some focus testing, focus groups, and they said we need to expand our, our market and our, our viewership. And so, so we said... Well, let's the six, get the tallest person six, seven we know. 6'7 to 6'10 range yeah. is going to do it for yeah, us. Yeah, we were really lacking in that at market, so <laughs> we've literally found the tallest person we know. We don't even know him well. It's called diversity, uh, he, folks. I saw, him at a, I saw him at Costco a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So um, this is Cameron Lehman. Everybody. Woo! Yes, and I'm... I'm uh, no, no, no. I, we didn't ask you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All wow. right, go ahead. This is going to be a long podcast. I, no, I just confirmed um, our second guest, by the way. We just need a day. I'm, I'm realizing my lifelong uh, dream of joining two of my best friends talking about um, nerdy dad history. So I've, I've mm-hmm. had this dream for over 24 hours now. So this is pretty, pretty and, exciting. And, and those are the best dreams, really. Mm-hmm. The ones that happen to you suddenly without warning. Um, and for all of you that are watching, and if you don't know this, Cameron is a very qualified father. Uh, at least fifty percent more qualified than I am. He has two. He has three lovely children, whereas I only have two. Exactly um, as qualified as I am. He's exa- yes. Nobody's better than Eric. We get it. Okay. So. <laughs> just right. just want to make so, sure that's uh, recorded. Okay. No, definitely. You're going to play that over and over again. Aren't that's going to be the <laughs> clip we put on Instagram. That's going to put it on loop. Hey, so speaking of being a dad, um, Cameron, what'd you do this Father's Day? today um Did you guys do anything not really we're gonna go to a barbecue later and go swimming and all that kind of thing um my three-year-old is not yet water safe which is rare in the layman house you know we were swimmers and all that but mm-hmm. she's getting there um but okay. speaking of fatherhood and all that i got a quick story to tell so nora is three she's our youngest and she's definitely the the loudest layman child to date yeah. And, you know, just will cry at the drop of a hat, not really for a reason, just crying to cry. And finally, April asked her, April, my wife, asked her the other day, why are you crying? And she earnestly looked April back in the eye and said, I like crying. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> that's you know, her thing. Yeah, I, I guess that's her thing. So, cool. Gotta How like about something. You, right? I, I don't even know. You didn't do anything today? Nothing? Your parent, your wife and kids didn't even acknowledge we just, that it was Father's Day? We've just been chilling all day so far, nice. which is kind of nice. Pretty nice, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get all, like, big party or, or anything. We'll, we'll cook out tonight, have something good. Mm-hmm. So we just have to decide what. Throw some meat on the grill, and that'll be it. Sounds we'll good. Go this is the part. This is the part where we do a, an ad for Traeger Grills, right? 
Listen, if they're not giving us money, I'm not well, saying their we, name on no, air, but I almost no, bought a Traeger would, at Costco They wouldn't the license day. to us. They wouldn't license to us, so we had to go with Blager, Blager Grills. It's uh, <laughs> just as good. Half the price. Good. The, pell- the pellets are, are actually sawdust. They're not even pellets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly the glue from so, the wood. Blager Grills. Blager or Lager? Blager or Lager? Yeah, no, no, they're both. They both oh. work. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blager is a subdivision of. Uh, Lager. <laughs> they patented every single Ager. name that kind of sounds like Traeger. Yeah, and so they they've got the whole market That's except good. for Traeger. Yeah. That's good. I almost got convinced to upgrade my Traeger at Costco the other day. I was so close. Mm. Then I was like, I don't, I can't actually buy this. Like I could get to the register with this, and that's as far as I get. So, <laughs> I was really tempted. Yeah, they always say the first step's the hardest, but paying for it probably is the hardest. Yeah, step, yeah, so. it would be. It would have been worth it though. I should have just tried to steal it and just claim I was looting. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. What about awesome. you, Jake? All right. Well. Uh, well, we didn't do anything, but uh, when I came downstairs, uh, my wife had this lovely poster framed um, for me. It's a timeline of world history, so all these different civilizations and kind of... In case you get start stuck during the podcast, you can just turn in around. In case I forget, and... <laughs> which, well, we know happens a lot. I mean, so it's good that I have a, a cheat sheet back here now. That's so good. Sounds so stupid. But uh, yeah, I got that. Uh, Langston and Marcus both gave me... Uh, Father's Day card, and then there's three giant bags of beef jerky for me. So, all in all, a, a good Father's Day. Very nice. All right. So, moving on. What are we talking about today, Eric? Okay, so <clears throat> we have a... So, I want to kind of get into my tirade first, because I think that's a good lead-in. So, here it is. Here's the problem with the United States. Here's the problem with America. Good. It's also one of the greatest things about America is that we are obstinate. Our whole system was designed to slow down progress because progress can be very dangerous. Like if it happens too quickly, then bad things can happen. Um, Mm -hmm. If we don't think about an issue enough and we just implement it, serious problems can occur. And so that's why a lot of major laws take a long time because our system is set up to prevent very swift change. So when New Zealand goes ahead and they they ban all assault rifles, whatever that means, um, our system would bog that down because we would have to have the discussion about what are the, the trade-offs, what are the benefits, what are the consequences, both intended and unintended. The problem is there's certain things in this country um, that are not, that aren't, well, I wouldn't say aren't trivial, but that are not, so major that we also have a tendency to just not want to touch. And it doesn't make sense that we don't want to touch them. Everyone sees a good reason why we should maybe adjust something, but it just can't happen because those who have the ability to make laws just refuse. Um, And so this topic, which we're going to stretch out over hopefully a dozen or so episodes um, is about us currency. And in the current climate over the past two weeks, We've seen a bunch of statues torn down. This has nothing to do with that, mostly. Um, 
you know, the goal is not to just tear these people off of these dollar bills because they may have owned a slave or two or 300 at one time. The goal is to look at who would we put on these uh, one, two, five, 10, 20, 50, and $100 bills um, who might also be deserving of it. And so today, in this episode, we are going to rebill the uh, major paper denominations with new people. Now, in this case, what are our rules for this or what? So the rules are, um, there's seven denominations, one, two, five, 10, 20, 50, and 100. We're not doing the 500 or $1,000 bill. Um, we're also not doing any coinage. Um, so we have seven names that we're going to potentially replace. Um, the rules that we arbitrarily set up are you can keep two, up to two of them, if you want. Um, and you have to have an either a former U.S. president of which there's five U.S. presidents currently uh, on the bills, or um, you can have two non-presidents, but they have to have had been involved in high-level federal government um, right. for a period of time in their right. life. They can't just be... Uh, uh, and it's not that we won't do this episode, but as much as I would love to see Martin Luther King on some currency, since he never served in the United States government, he doesn't fit the rules for this, this particular episode, version, right. which is why we want to do more because it's kind of a fun rabbit yeah. hole to run down is, well, yeah. what if we did it with civil rights leaders or what if we did it with famous um, scientists or explorers? Yeah. And, and so it kind of gives so, us that way we can have themes. One of the, uh, one of the impetuses of impeti of this is there's been a move to remove uh, Andrew Jackson um, from what the $20 bill. And they've looked at, well, who could we replace him with? Because Andrew Jackson problematically had a lot of negative impact on Native Americans and Aboriginal peoples in the United States. Uh, and that's fine. I'm not really interested in the reason why you want to remove somebody unless I can come up with a solid reason. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and remove them. Um, because I'd be okay with remove them because, uh, you know, we've had that money for more than, you know, a year. Um, but they've toyed with the idea of putting Harriet Tubman on there. And I, I'm totally fine with that idea. The other one was Frederick Douglass, and I think both of those are fine ideas. But I've seen some of the imagery trotted out for Harriet Tubman, and it's just it's a portrait of her later in life, which is fine. But that's it. That's it. It's just fine. Uh, I'd ra- there's there's the other image I've seen that's more doctor where she's got the pistol and she's got her hand out. It's like she's saying, "Come with yeah. me if you want to live," and yeah. I think that's better because it gives. Anyone handling the money, just a story was. to say, what's going on here? Now, if you see some mm-hmm. old lady on your dollar bill, you just say, well, okay, that's Harriet Tubman. Well, what'd she do? Well, she, you know, fought for slaves. If you have a picture of her with a pistol hand, you know, stretching out her hand, it becomes, she's in action. This is what she did. This is why she matters. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that would be more interesting because I think there's an opportunity on our U.S. currency to tell a story to inform our population, our citizens of the history of this nation, both good and bad. Uh, I, I would say, like, flip the, the money over and get rid of the uh, the monuments and put some, like, text on there. Like, here's this president, here's something he did. And have, like, a series of 20 different $1 bills that all tell about this particular person. Um, yeah. That would be interesting to me. But yeah, I digress. And, and it's funny that the way you're... 
framing that because it reminds me of uh, the Google Doodles that come out anytime a famous person did something, right? And they yeah. Just click on this, and you can find out about uh, Marie Curie or whomever. And uh, so it's just yeah, it'd be cool if, if there was like in a sense, you're twenty five different one dollar bills. Do that same thing. Uh, if there's twenty five different one dollar bills that all had George Washington on them, but on the back they had twenty five different facts about George yeah. Washington that we could we could teach and learn from. Uh, you know, if you wanted, no, that'd be awesome. You wanted to collect all the twenty five one hundred dollar bills. I mean, it cost you a bit, but you could have all the well, facts. Twenty five dollars. I mean, yes, yeah. twenty. That's yeah. fine, but the hundred dollar bills. And I think that's a good point, Eric, because um, as I get older and older, I become more interested in history because what you learn in school is not necessarily the truth or not necessarily the whole piece of the puzzle. And, you know, I go down rabbit holes on Wikipedia sometimes and, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Then next thing you know, I'm better for it. And, and Mm -hmm. currency would be a good example of, of how to do that for the populace. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, um, I'm the same exact same way. Like I'll be like, who's this person? And then three hours later, 47 Wikipedia articles and, and 16 suspect YouTube videos. I'm like, Oh, now I know, now I know everything there is to know and the earth is about flat. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, we're going to go through these now. I, I did a little bit of like, off research. I don't know what you want to call it. I, I, I looked at some things and, and here's some things about currency. And, and one of them is simply, um, so it looks like the most in circulation bill is a $1 bill followed closely by the $100 bill. Now the $100 bill, just cause they're in circulation, most of those hundred dollar bills are actually held, uh, offshore overseas. And it's basically just to hold value. And then there's, um, those are followed, and this stat I'm looking at, I don't have a year on this stat, I don't think. Um, Mm -hmm. It looks like, yeah, I don't have a year on it. Um, So, but this is fairly recently, like 11.9 billion, sorry, 11.7 billion $1 bills, 11.5 billion $100 bills. And the next one is the 20, and there's 8.9 billion of them. And then... The $5 bill has $2.8 billion, followed by the 10 which is $1.9 billion. The 50 there's only $1.7 billion in circulation. And then the $2 bill has $1.2 billion. So, um, I'm sorry to refute that, Eric, but every cash register job I've ever had, we ran out of fives first. So I, I don't want to fact check you or anything, <laughs> but those $5 bills are hard to come by. They're like $5. Well, I, I don't um, think you had five, all 2.8 billion at your store. I, uh, yeah. Did you get, where'd you get your numbers from Hoffman? I, I, this is a, uh, is that from uh-huh. title max? Um, sound suspect. Okay. Anyways, okay. I, I just yeah. coming up with stuff. The other one I looked at was from like 2004 and I'm like, that's not accurate. So the, the question I have is which bill is, has the, the highest important. esteem to be on. Okay. And, and that should be our last right. one. And I, my, my personal opinion is that would be, that would be like, it would be the 100 or the 20. I would say the 20. Okay. Because that's the one that's most used, and I think that's the one. That Here's is. how you can tell, because that's the one that gets counterfeited the most. Okay. When counterfeiters 
make fake money, they make the 20, which tells you that that's what the one you want to be on. I just want the Secret Service to know that Jake knew that, not me. I have no idea what is <laughs> counterfeited the Says most. the guy that's been Photoshopping currency <laughs> all week. I, okay. I didn't even use no, no, Photoshop. No, yeah. I, I yeah, couldn't no. afford well, it. It was me. It was me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so then let's start so with... I think, I think we have the 20 go last then. What's, if that's what's the wanna... least important bill? The two. The two? Yeah. Agreed. The two far and away. That, is the okay. Now, important. just because... It's, it's the one where you have to go to the bank and ask for it special. That's, that's not... That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Or you get paid by some weirdo. Two, two has the peanut allergy of money. Like, it's not... <laughs> It's not really the, the person who pays you in two dollar bills is a suspect person. <laughs> Just yeah, that, that's, that's also that's also reserved for grandmothers, you know, because they always pass out the two dollar bills exactly or send it to you in the mail or something. So I still have a two dollar bill for my grandma. Yeah, so thanks, grandma. Yeah. It's no, worthless to me. It costs you two dollars, but well. I can't use it because it's too special. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. So, okay, so who's on the, the $2 bill? Who's on the special two? Okay. Who's on the so $2 the $2 bill? The $2 bill currently. currently has Thomas Jefferson, and on the back side is the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Okay. That's, and, I, and I feel like old Tommy got kind of slight of being put on the two, but maybe when he was originally put on there, people still use the $2 bill. But I feel like that's a, for, for his importance in the country, it's just. Okay, it's so ironic that he, he's on he such got a, a pretty impressive monument in Washington D.C. So I'm okay with him taking a backseat on currency. Okay. okay, well, that's fair. All right, so the two dollar bill. Um, just so you know, one of my rules that I put into place is nobody who's still alive. If you're still alive, you cannot be on my money. Well, that changes every single one of my. Well, that's fine. That's... You can have them. Um, okay. I mean, somebody's got to love Obama, but. <laughs> Listen, uh, Joe Paterno. No, not Paterno. Joe Penn State. I'm losing it. Yeah, Paterno. Paterno. He had a statue yeah. while he was still alive. Yeah. And what they have to do? They yeah, tore they it down. Tear, yeah. So I, I think take time to build your monuments to the Confederacy. Wait 50 years. And then 50 years later, we'll tear them down. So who do you have for the $2 See, bill? In. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for the $2 bill, and, and uh, I did this, maybe, I don't know how you guys did it, but I went with Nixon, Tricky Dick, what? Tricky Dick Nixon. <laughs> and, well, because you got to... You, you need a villain? The bank, you, gotta, you feel kind of bad about even asking, hey, do you guys have any $2 bills? So I think Nixon <laughs> would be perfect hmm. for the $2 bill. Um, he's... <laughs> and and it's it's a shame how everything ended for him. But he served in the Senate for a long time. He's a vice president. Then he was a president, and then he did a little hotel break in, and everything went down in flames. And so, so I think do you have Nixon the Watergate hotel on the back of that bill. Oh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You have the Watergate hotel on the back of that. You know that that would make the two dollar bill the most fun bill to have. Everybody would want it too. Oh yeah, definitely. So Nixon. Are we? Like in a future episode, is that the bill that we put OJ on? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Or like, yeah, or Steve Bartman from the Cubs. Anybody that munsoned it, anybody that totally screwed screwed up, that's who you want on the two. So that's my that's my vote for two. Um, Well, that's what about you, Cameron? 
it's not the route I took. Or do you guys just want to? You know, what, that was, just that give was up really well reasoned. I, I like that. My first reaction was no way, but no, it, you justified that very well. So I'm going to go in the in the vein of unassuming, and in the vein of kind of not mentioned often. Calvin Coolidge. Um, you look at a guy okay. who um, silent cow, and I happen to hear this stat somewhere maybe it's wrong fact check me on this but um he actually lessened the federal debt while president and that blows my mind um, the one guy the president that i know of that did that um and you guys both know me well enough to know my affinity for staying debt free um so i have a special appreciation for that um, well maybe dave ramsey can sponsor us then there you go. Yeah, Dave, <laughs> Dave, give me a call. But even at the top of this podcast, a guy, uh, uh, a guy who considers himself wise, said that progress can be dangerous, and sometimes um, that restraint and saying as little as possible, because he was known as Silent Cal. He was unassuming um, both in personality and the way in which he he governed, um, and I think that'd be a good fit. For the two dollar bill, definitely an underrated president, in my uh, my opinion. So I think Sounds, Calvin I like Coolidge. I've always liked Calvin Coolidge. He, so he appears on like a ten thousand dollar note. There, there's certain notes yeah, above, like a, right? Nobody ever. Oh, maybe you so. don't. <laughs> sorry, one. Sorry, one. Hold on, let me get my wallet. Um, so how about you, Hoff? I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one of my reuses now. I have a couple of reuses um, from current currency. And, you know, I think about, obviously one of the concerns today is how we memorialize men who were, who were uh, not perfect because most of these men were not perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And so they all have their own individual faults, their own individual sins. <clears throat> and I think I can be kind of sympathetic to that, but we also have to remember these men founded this nation, which, while not perfect, is probably the most perfect. Remember, the Declaration of Independence was not, or the, the Constitution did not say, you know, the a perfect union, the, a more perfect union. So, um, because I think he needs to be remembered, but I think we need room for others. Um, I'm going to put George Washington on, this, on the $2 bill. Uh, first president, that means something. He set a lot of precedents in terms of he didn't want to serve uh, past, he didn't want to serve a second term at all. Uh, but he didn't serve a past a second term. Obviously, a war hero of the revolution. Um, you know, he was he was a, a general during that time. He also one of the precedents I didn't realize he he set that I think we would have a problem with today if it wasn't set was calling the president miss, or addressing the president, Mister President, because they were thinking about like Your Highness the President. Um, you know, all these like, like high terms, and he said, No, it's just Mister President. Just call me that. And if we didn't have that now, we'd have a problem with that today if we hadn't had a problem in the past 200 years. Um, you know, and, and I think in many cases he was a he was a pretty humble guy. He opposed political parties. Um, and, you know, again, he's, he owned slaves, but he also struggled with the idea of slavery and how that uh, didn't jive with the, the Constitution with the, the Declaration of Independence. It didn't fit. And later in life, he had to deal with that, but he still owned the slaves. So uh, I know there's some pretty, like, brutal, gruesome details about how he dealt with his slaves. Um, but I think looking at the whole body of work, we still need to remember this person who set the precedence 
for our presidency. And so I put him on the two because we, we get his story. Um, there's room to be made for others. <clears throat> you could put the cherry tree on the back though. I mean, you could do a lot of things with, with who or his crossing the Delaware. Or, I mean, there's so many images from his life that you could, if you wanted to do that series of yeah. money. See that, that that's uh, a whole other thing I didn't even consider, but yeah, the cherry tree that crossing could, the that Delaware could tell the story. Um, the, the signing of the, the Declaration of Independence. Um, yeah, all these things that he was at and part of. So, yeah, that's a good one. And he's I mean, also if you're, one of the I mean, if you're gonna keep one. So, you know, there's that. Oh, well. Okay, I think a you resident have some tall guy. No, 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 no. This is why we bring in the expert opinion, Eric. <laughs> er, er, come on, let's. That's good to know. He was a very tall man. Wasn't um, he like 6'3", which is pretty much yeah. a literal giant for those days? Well, and it's funny they say that because he kind of set the precedent for height, too. Because a lot of future presidents, physically, they measure them up to how tall Washington was mm-hmm. to, as a standard. So, so is, there like, true. is there one of those like uh, height charts in the White House? Like you have in your house for your kids? And they just... They have a, mar- they have a market, like on a... Like at the door, the door frame. The problem is way up there with, James with Madison, the, like at the doorknob. With the people that we're nominating now, you're going to see like, okay, uh, Donald Trump 2016. And then like, if he gets elected in 2020, it'll be like an inch shorter in 2020. Yeah. As these octogenarian yeah. presidents get in, they get shorter as time goes on. That's very true. Uh, All right. So that's the two. Uh, what's our second least? I, I think it's the 10. Um, you think the 10, not the 50? Because that's what I was thinking. The 50, the 50 is. I think the 50's value gives it more precedence than the 10. Agreed. I just don't, I don't see a lot of 50s in my life. So I guess that's why I value oh. them so highly. <laughs> no, I know. But um, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't value a 10. Okay. It's just, I don't see them that often. You get them when like they run out of fives. Which apparently okay. happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do the 10 then. Um, Cameron, why don't you start us off? Uh, for the 10, this is my dark yep. horse. So I thought, I thought long and hard about this, and I wanted to kind of shake things up. You know, I'm a, I'm a guest in the, on the podcast. This is me shaking it up. Okay, I'm excited. Um, the Supreme Court is... Um, All of them? No, no, no. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> I'm setting this up. That's a, oh, Stick with okay. me here. So the Supreme Court is, is a huge arm of the federal government that is the, the branch of the federal government that it just doesn't get enough attention and discussion um, that, it, that it probably mm-hmm. should. I think and, they prefer it that way. Right. And I think, but, but the importance is there. And, you know, when I, when you look back and I actually had to Google some of the, um, you know, Supreme court ju- justices um, and one that, came up in my you know multiple minutes of research was john marshall so this is the this is the judicial review guy okay so yeah especially in this world in which we're living you know some of these decrees and governors and local um mayors and that kind of thing are saying some some pretty scary things that I'm using my authority to make you do whatever, you know, be that a curfew or masks or whatever. John Marshall kind of championed that judicial review. Um, was he was he during Madison uh, Marbury versus Madison? Exactly. Yeah. So he was, was the his chief big case? Ju- justice during that time. Yeah. And you know, this is still a conversation that we're having um, 
200 plus years later and it still rings true. Um, the fact that, yeah, the, the Constitution is the law of the land and it needs to be respected and adhered to as opposed to, eh, I'm going to make this change willy-nilly. Yeah, well, and and kind of like what Eric did with Washington, you know, Washington was the first. Washington set the precedent for the executive. John Marshall was that for the judicial branch. Right. I mean, Marbury versus Madison was the first real test of the Supreme Court. And um, had it gone differently, the way we use the Supreme Court would be very, very different today. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a good one, Cameron. Uh, Eric, what about you? So this is my other reuse so everyone from here on out is new guys for me um just because i I look at some of these figures and i say this this person needs to be remembered for what they did um but again they can get pushed to a place that i think is is less out in front and i think he's actually more out in front in this one but it's thomas jefferson um again a person who who did own slaves had his faults but he wrote, he authored the Declaration of Independence. He authored um, these documents that have shaped um, shaped the way that we we have this country. Um, you know, he was a third president. He did the Louisiana Purchase, which was illegal. Um, he set up the Lewis and Clark Expedition. He was this person who had a high interest in all these explorations and discoveries. Um he did actually uh, was part of the abolition of the importation of slaves. So while that's not abolishing slavery completely, it's um, it's definitely a step forward. And again, uh, he had this idea that that slavery was harmful to both slave and master. Um, which again, he still owned slaves, and and he, like we talked about a few episodes ago, was kind of that had that aim of gradual emancipation. We're going to do this slowly; it'll be less harmful that way. Um, but he also, there's no single person who really identified individual rights and freedom as highly as he did. And it's, I mean, that thing, that thread throughout American history has kind of kept this nation on a certain path. Yeah, I, I think, and I didn't keep any, but if I was to keep two, it was going to be Jefferson and Washington, um, because their influence on the country is just... I don't know if anybody had more impact on the way the nation um, started and developed um, than those two. Uh, but for my 10, I went with Ike, Dwight D. Eisenhower, um, general during World War II, uh, Operation Overlord, led the uh, Allies to victory, and um, was elected to two terms in the 50s. Um, from 1952 to 60, oversaw the end of the Korean War. Um, he was just a kind of a larger-than-life guy, and I think if you're going to have somebody replace anyone uh, on the on the currency, you got to have someone that's huge, and and that's that's Ike. I mean, he just there was you know I like I, there's nobody that really could hold a candle to him uh, during his time. In, in the United States kind of theater uh, in, in the spotlight. Um, he also created the inter- interstate highway system. Um, he did do civil rights legislation supporting that, black voters. So so both but, of those both of those are very American things, aren't they? What? Civil rights the and the American highway system. Yeah, yeah, and we treat both of them about the same now. Um, underfunded and 
not maintained very well. I was, I was but, curious um, about what you meant. Yeah. So I, I think um, it, just his impact in, in American culture and, and leading us out of World War II. I mean, I know Truman was there, um, but into the 50s and and uh, during kind of the initial height of the Cold War. I mean, without his leadership there, you know, and you have a a less steady um, hand at the wheel with him negotiating with Stalin and then um, Khrushchev, I think uh, he doesn't get a lot of the due that he deserves as a president. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of these Because everyone's so enamored with how he was as a general. Yeah, he, he's similar to Ulysses S. Grant in that respect, in that he was this very famous war general who did these great deeds in this epic war, then ends up as president. I think Grant wasn't a great president, but but Eisenhower was much steadier, like you said, as yeah. president. Yeah, and, and, and he had a couple of, I guess, uh, marks on his presidency. You know, he didn't really enforce the desegregation of schools, even though that was in Brown versus the Board of Education. That ruling came down. Um, he, he did a little bit, but not... He didn't really do forced integration. And then he also um, had a Operation Wetback, which was a mass deportation of immigrants to Mexico. 1.3 million were deported Did back to Mexico. That? that was literally the name of it. Yeah. I'm not wow. trying to be pejorative. It's what they that's, called it. Um, that's so amazing. I, I, and, and that's I know amazing depend- that they would name it that. Yeah. And, and I know. I guess depending on who you are, you have a different view on immigration, but I, I think that's gone down as one of the not highlights of his administration um, as seen by the country today as a whole. Uh, but overall, I, I think he is deserving. I mean, he, he what is he on the 50 cent piece now? No, or, or is he on the dollar, the dollar piece? Who? But Eisenhower? Yeah. He's not on anything. I know he used to be. He used to be on the dollar coin. Oh. Um, but I think he deserves... I can respect that. I can respect that. Yeah. All right. Um, So we've done the two, the 10. What do you think is next? Uh, I would, I would say the 50 then. If not for the 10, I would say the 50. Let's, let's go to the 50. Cause I think the one, the five and the 20 and the hundred are the big, big boys. Yeah. All right. um, I'll go. Okay. Uh, I had James Garfield, so not the cat, um, but he was the president in the 1880s. Uh, he actually only had a six-month term. He was assassinated within the first year of being president, um, but he was a general in the Civil War. He was from Ohio. Let me pull up his his kind of his uh, highlights. Elected to the Ohio Senate in 1859, fought in the Civil War, rose to major general, led the Union to victory at Paintsburg, fought in the Battle of Shiloh. Um, was elected to Congress in 1862, elected the U.S. US Senate in 1880, and then he went to the National Committee or Republican National Convention in 1880 to campaign for John Sherman. But the speech he gave was so good that all the delegates there said, no, we want Garfield. That's who we want to be our nominee. So the guy he went campaigning for didn't get the nomination, and Garfield said got it and then went on to win the presidency. Um, Do you think that that's possible in this coming election, by the way? I think the parties have eliminated the possibility of that. I know we like to 
float the specter of a contested convention. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, and, and not to jump into current events, because I know that's not really our game, but in in January, when Joe Biden had basically locked up the Democratic nomination, we didn't have coronavirus. We didn't have riots in the streets. We didn't have looting. We didn't have an independent nation spring up from the ashes of Seattle. Um, Which we all knew was going to happen eventually anyway. Eventually. I mean, that's, just, that's just Seattle. So, Eventually. Um, it, you know, things can change, and they've changed pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if that's possible. I don't know if, well, never mind. I'm just not going to get into that right now. No. I, I, I didn't know I that. Think that in general, I, I think in the general idea is that the way conventions are structured today in the whole nomination process is that um, conventions are essentially a formality and a celebration, not an actual decision-making time or process. That's all been done by the time the convention is rolled yeah. around. Um, you know, he did push for civil reform in government. He kind of went against the spoils system that was established during Jackson's presidency where the to the victor goes the spoils. Um, he pushed for universal education. Um, he did this as a means to help African-Americans advance. He was a abolitionist. Um, he appointed Frederick Douglass to recorder of deeds and other black Americans to government posts. Um, pushed for free trade and treaties around the world, including Korea, Madagascar, uh, much of Central and South America. Um, his the, the big, um, I guess, knock on him is that he was um, accused of accepting bribes in the Credit Mobilier scandal of 1872. Uh, which is a railroad scandal involving the Union Pacific and the Transcontinental Railroad. But um, that's pretty much it. I, I think he was think shot. Great. He was shot with a four four two caliber. Yeah. Like and he didn't a, die. That's a big bullet. He was shot in July and he died September 19th. So he, he oh my gosh. was on his deathbed for three months. Um, as president and uh, well would they I mean the vice president I assume kind of took over at that point yeah but um, Hmm. I mean he still was technically president until he died so um, and he wasn't like unconscious the whole time I mean he was still I think trying to do what he could Um, and there was a chance where they thought he was going to get better but I think sepsis set in and and that's what finally did it but um, yeah I just think he was kind of a an unknown that uh even though he didn't have a long term as president, he did have a um, kind of a, a really important impact in the post Civil War era. Interesting. All right, Cameron, who you got for the fifty? Uh, for the fifty, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. Um, you know, he's literally a Mount Rushmore guy. Um, yeah. I read that he was the, the youngest president, which I didn't know that. Is Mount Rushmore um, still there? Do they tear that down yet? <laughs> Eric is on a roll tonight. <laughs> Just tell um, him to try to set it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I, I just think it's it's cool. You know, he's a he's a man's man. He he grew up you know, really as a sickly kid, he had super severe asthma mm-hmm. and pretty much worked him his way into being a rough rider. And he was a conservationist and, um, 
you know, nature lover, that kind of thing. Um, his, I, I, I think that in any era he could have been president and, and garnered the respect of, of the people and the voting populace and, and everything just because of, of who he was. Um, and, and who, who's a Teddy Roosevelt of today? Ooh. Do we do we have that kind of person around today that can, who like fought in a war and like climbs mountains and like hunts moose or elk? Jesse oh, that's Joe Rogan. Ventura. No, he's not. Jesse Ventura. <laughs> I know he's not. In, uh... Well, I mean, he was a Navy SEAL and he was, he was. A, you know, rough, was tough guy. So who's that? Jesse Ventura. Oh, okay. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. I thought you said someone else. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe. I think a lot of people like to think that they're the next Teddy Roosevelt, but I, I don't know if we'll ever have another Teddy. Um, yeah. He was singular in, in kind of who he was as a man, and I think, um, you know, he's the he, he's the standard for manliness, you know, sort of thing. But if he's the standard, then uh, there's not a lot of us reaching it because the guy was shot during a campaign rally and continued to give the speech. Um, so, I, I mean, our current president is having a hard time drinking his water. And no, no, Teddy he, t- took he a got that to glass the chest. down. No, he one did. hand. You're right. He got the. <laughs> he did. He, he did. didn't need two hands. You know, and, and our Democratic nominee is falling asleep on TV interviews. So I don't know if there's ever going to be another Teddy. <laughs> um, I do think, as far as outdoorsman oh goes, I, I think um, George W. Bush is very, uh, very much an outdoorsman. Loves staying fit and uh, but even him his person nothing about his personality is teddy like um and and i don't know if we'll ever have another i mean dick cheney shot somebody else on hunt so (laughs) that counts yeah (laughs) you know what i'm gonna scratch who i had for the hundred and put cheney in now now that you mention it yeah and i think too um you know as a as a history novice like myself there's three or four teddy roosevelt quotes that you know, I think the average person could quote in their one-liners. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not be super eloquent or beautiful or whatever, but they make a lot of sense, and they're just truisms, um, yeah. which I think are cool. I, I agree, and I I had Teddy. He's on a different um, denomination, but uh, I did have him as well, and it was his quotes that just are like, this is a great man. Um, you know, he talked about the Grand Canyon and he goes, uh, the Grand Canyon has a natural wonder and which is absolutely unparalleled throughout the world. Um, and then he ends it with basically saying, I will hope you will not have a building of any kind, not a summer cottage, a hotel or anything else to mar the wonderful grandeur, sublimity, <clears throat> sublimity and great loneliness and the beauty of the Canyon. Leave it as it is. You cannot improve it. The ages have been at work at it and man can only mar it. Like, Wow. I mean, I mean, as blusterous as he was, he he truly had a love um, for nature and and for the earth, and and um, you know, it it kind of shows an, another side of him that I think we often overlook. Um, it's a good pick, Eric. Who'd you have for the fifty? So this is my, I think it's my only non-president, <clears throat> and I'm going to put Hiram Revels on the fifty-dollar bill. Who? Hiram Revels. He's the first elected black congressman. And uh, he's elected by the Mississippi State Legislature uh, to fill the vacancy um, of Albert Brown, who was a secessionist. 
And so he is, um, he basically becomes the first black congressman. He's, he's a senator um, from Mississippi, but he was born in North Carolina. He's born to, to free parents. Uh, his mom is actually Scottish, but he's of Croatan and African descent. Uh, and he's an African Methodist Episcopal um, minister. And before or during the Civil War, he recruited two regiments of African-Americans from Maryland to serve during the war. Um, but I think he's just he's this notable person. Um, <clears throat> when we look at different, you know, I, I, I wanted George Washington. He's the first president. I think having this first African-American congressman is a good point of discussion to put on a bill to say, here is this person. Here's what they did. And he actually opposed a lot of the punitive measures against um, those who had who had sworn loyalty to the Confederacy. Um, he wanted them to just be able to say their their loyalty back to the Union and be brought back in with their full rights. Where some of the the radical um, Reconstructionists were just saying, "No, uh, we're going to punish them for as long as possible for what they did." So he mm-hmm. he wanted to be moderate. Um, and he looked to mend the wounds in the South as much as possible. And he saw himself as a representative, not of a particular race in Mississippi, but of all uh, Mississippians. So I thought, you know, it's a good historical point to put him on that bill. Um, you know, obviously we've thought about like Harriet Tubman and I think Frederick Douglass would be great, but they're, they don't hold that federal uh, official position. Government and Hiram Rebels yeah. did. So he's one that I, I, I thought of and said, this is somebody who needs to be put in a prominent position uh, on our currency. Yeah, and I, I, speaking as the, the regular man in this whole discussion, is I didn't know who that was um, coming into this conversation. I mean, I, I've never heard that name in my life. And to me, that's kind of sad um, mm-hmm. that I haven't. So, again, well, getting well, you know, on I, currency I, would be great. I think you make a good point, but at the same time, if we're talking about, um, you know, every, well, it's every two years we're at, we're, we're electing one third of the Senate and we've been doing that for over 200 years. I mean, there's a lot of firsts that we probably don't know. There's probably the first Jewish, um, congressman, probably the first Catholic congressman, probably the first atheist congressman. Like there's a lot of firsts, probably first Asian American, first, uh, Latino or Hispanic American, the first maybe foreign-born congressman. There's a lot of firsts, and we don't know them all. And here in Rebels is kind of a more famous one, but, I mean, can you name the two senators right now? Me? Anyone. I mean, who can name their senators right now? I think mine are Dianne Feinstein and Kamala Harris or something. So, (laughs) yeah. But, you know, it's it's I I get what you're saying, but I think it is significant, especially since it was right after the Civil War and that uh, um, after 100 years after that, there was no um, no senator, black senators elected in the South for like another century and a half because of Jim Crow laws and and kind of all that stuff. So it is significant. And I think it is important is that. You know, he was there and, and he did have an impact on on the country. Yeah. All right. Starting up with our next one is. Um, what do you want to do? Hit the five. 
We got five, Would 20, that be your... the one, and the hundred. Yeah, I think five is probably the best. Okay, let's I start with the five. I didn't. Oh, um, so I'll just I'll just go. I didn't get a lot. I didn't put a lot of detail, details down on the five. Okay, and um, you know I'm just not even considering coinage right now. But I think um, this is where I put John F. Kennedy. Um, I believe that he was kind of the leader that that we needed at the time. Um, and there, there's so much, I, I think maybe, and I, and I, this could be my issue is that I, I base so much on the three years of his presidency and it's hard or the, I guess two and a half, it's hard to not look past the potential of eight years of his presidency and what Kennedy could have done in uniting this nation and kind of leading us through those early to mid sixties. Um, we know that his position on this, on the Vietnam war was, was a softer one and it, and it kind of got hardened, um, in his dealing with the joint chiefs of staff and, <clears throat> and things that were outside of his direct control. Um, he got us through the Cuban missile crisis. He, he dealt with that, um, you know, in an extraordinary fashion, um, and he had a lot of flaws to his character as well, but I think had he been president for eight years, I think his reputation would have been lessened quite a bit because I think as you continue to lead, there are more and more opportunities for you to fall short, uh, to, you know, not get the result that, you know, it's going to be great and, and for your faults to kind of come to light and bring you down. So, um, I, I still think he's, he's, really up there as one of the greatest presidents we've had. Um, and and I, I guess part of me wishes we had some youthfulness back in the White House. Um, so, yeah, I put John F. Kennedy on the five. That's a good one. I think it's I, – I didn't put him on any of my currency, and I thought about that for a while just because he's so – he had such a short tenure as a, as a president and – you know, it definitely was not all sterling. I mean, he his initial meeting with Khrushchev did not go well, and some say that precipitated the Cuban Missile Crisis. But he did see us through that. Um, he he was a a war hero, and his pro what was it? Profiles and Courage was the book he wrote. And um, I don't know the name of it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, his actions then, during the war. And he was a U.S. senator. He was the first TV president, which. That's Some true. think is a big part of why he got elected is that um, I think he was the first, first televised president debate too, right? He was the first Catholic president, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, he was a just a dynamic man, but he was kind of that first Irish Catholic, not Italian Catholic, though. They're still waiting for their time. Yeah, good to, good to know. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Cameron, who'd you have? Um, so, so for our $5 bill, um, Lincoln, and I'm not changing a thing there. Um, you know, as I, as I made my notes for this, I, I've got notes for all of the other presidents. Lincoln, I don't just because of, of you can't who defend he it. is and that's why and, and <laughs> who he was. I mean, the fact that you guys devoted an entire episode to him, um, history remembers him and he, I know you guys covered this but um him history remembers him as a great man but it's not that simple um he did 
what he had to do and he was probably the best leader at that time mm-hmm. for our nation but you know he preserved the union and that was his, his greatest um achievement above and beyond you know at the cost slavery. of the republic right he's just don't listen to him cameron he's just being <laughs> but but no and i i, I realized that he he kind of strong-armed it and that that comma was meant meant tongue-in-cheek but yeah he strong-armed it too um so it's it's he's a complicated person and did a lot of good things and he's clearly a name speaks for itself yeah i i agree i think lincoln is i mean he's just uh he's another one of those larger than life presidents um like I said, I don't know if there's ever going to be another Teddy. I don't think there's ever going to be another Lincoln um, as far as who he was as a person. Uh, so, yeah, I can I can totally see why you you would keep him. And, and uh, I think keeping him on the five is interesting, but, um, you know, and not moving him to a different denomination. But, uh, yeah, he's up there. Uh, for me, I went with James Madison. Don't you know if you ever heard of him? Uh, a couple of towns are named after him, but uh, he was our fourth president. Um, and uh, the, the, but even before he was president, his impact on the country was he was a chief author of the Constitution. Um, the framework we have is largely in part because of James Madison. He came up with the Virginia Plan, which kind of established the bicameral Congress and uh, the three branches of government. Eventually, that was compromised with, I think, the, the main plan. But um, he also pushed for the Bill of Rights and introduced that into the Constitutional Convention because he wanted individual rights specifically called out in our Constitution and not just assumed. So his impact on on the framing of the government is huge. As president, he took over after Jefferson left. He oversaw the United States in the War of 1812, um, which can see be seen both as a good thing and a bad thing. Good because the U.S. won. They defeated the British bad. Uh, Washington burned down to the ground. Um, On Madison Canadians. Watch. Yeah. Yeah, Dolly Madison. They had to flee the White House as Is British that the, troops were... why they, they built the replica in Madison? Yeah. And it's better than the one in Washington, <laughs> actually. But um, not taller. No. So, but they... The White House was burned down. Um Dolly Madison had to steal, like, not take, steal, but take a bunch of paintings out of the White Houses. Uh, British troops were marching into Washington. Um, so he, he oversaw that. Uh, his presidency was called the beginning of the era of good times or good feelings um, because it uh, led to the end of the Federalist Party. Um, he defeated them as a national organization. So he just kind of, you, you kind of lose him in the mix between. Jefferson and Jackson, because they're these dynamic people and personalities. Um, but his understated and and kind of like his presidency. Um, personally, he was you know a very slight man. Um, he was always uh, some say he might have been a hypochondriac. Uh, he was very small, short of stature. Not someone you know when we talk about Washington, six foot three and a war hero. And then you have James Madison, who's just this guy. But he's this guy that set up the 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 foundation of how our country functions so I, I think that's where he should get his credit is is not so much that he did all these great things as a war hero or that he uh, had this huge personality like roosevelt but that 
without maybe even realizing it at the time, he was probably one of the most important founding fathers we've had. And I take your silence as agreement that I'm absolutely right with my pick. So I think he, uh, he definitely fits that mold of kind of an underappreciated founding father between, you know, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, these, these like lions of this new Republic. Um, and he kind of doing the yeoman's work of, of making sure these details get taken care of like the bill of rights. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good pick. All right. What are we moving on to the 20 or the hundred or the one? We said we saving the twenty for last, right? That's what we said. We could, <clears throat> we could. It's up okay. there. All right. I'd, I'd well, say let's uh, go with the hundred. All right, let's do the hundred. Uh, I had uh, Thurgood Marshall, and uh, I kind of picked him. You know, Cameron went with uh, with um, you went with John Marshall, right? John Marshall, yeah, yeah, as your Supreme Court guy, and I went with Thurgood. He was the first African American elected to the Supreme Court. Here's a fun fact that I just thought was so cool. He has, and let me make sure I'm I'm not missing it. He argued 32 cases before the Supreme Court, which is a record. He won 29 of them, um, which is also a record. Hmm. Nobody's ever argued or won more cases before the Supreme Court than Thurgood Marshall. This was when he was an attorney, um, before he became a a justice. And then they Uh, just put him on the court. And they say, you're too good. Yeah, we can't keep losing to you. So, um, <laughs> But he was the lawyer when he was an attorney. He was the lawyer that argued Brown versus the Board of Education, which uh, struck down segregation in schools and uh, got rid of the separate but equal doctrine. He uh, was appointed to the Court of Appeals in 1961, Solicitor General in 65, and then Supreme Court in 67. He... And, and the arguing cases before him, the Supreme Court, and I say this because I remember in the election, Ted Cruz's campaign, Ted Cruz had argued before the Supreme Court quite a bit as well uh, when he was an attorney general. Ted Cruz went to the Supreme Court nine times and won five of them. So to give you a comparison of just how, like, he's the goat of guys arguing before Supreme Courts. Like, he's just, there's nobody that can even hold a candle to him in terms of his his uh, ability as a solicitor, I guess. Um, As a Supreme Court justice, he ruled uh, on the landmark Roe versus Wade, Roe versus Wade case. Again, this is one where if you look at it in two different ways, you can say, well, that was a great thing or that was a terrible thing um, because that's the one that legalized abortion and, and maybe in a more specific sense said states couldn't make laws against abortion. Um, he did push for affirmative action and the expansion of civil rights. And one of his quotes is, um, we cannot play ostrich. Democracy cannot flourish amid fear. Liberty cannot bloom amid hate. Justice cannot take root amid rage, which I think is a good advice for us today. Um, but yeah, I really like Thurgood Marshall. I think he's another one of those kind of lions that gets overlooked um, because there's so many other big personalities out there. But he was really, really important. And I think he was justice until 1991 um, when Clarence Thurgood, Thomas was nominated. Thurgood is just a great name. It's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Hiram, that was another great name. That was another one with just a good name that you had there, Hoffman. So a big part of how I pick people is, is based on if they have good names. Good. So, yeah. Um, so you put Thurgood Marshall on the 100. Yeah. And, and here's why. And this is another part of the way I did this is Benjamin Franklin's on the 100, and he was never president, but he was really, really important. And uh, so that's kind of why I went with Thurgood, is that he's never been president, but he was a very important justice uh, for the United States. Um, how about you, Cameron? Um, we're on the 100 now. And I think that, that Reagan, the fact that um, he isn't on it kind of surprises me, um, honestly. He's pretty much known as the, the conservative champion. And um, mm-hmm. this is a, it's kind of a dangerous thing. But, you know, there's a lot of talk nowadays of, of, of Trump. And is he really a Christian? And, you know, him pandering with the Bible and holding that up and everything. Um, I don't profess to know Reagan or Trump or anybody and don't mean to question their faith or anything, but I, I think he wore his faith on his sleeve more than most presidents. Um, and, and that was just obvious to, to me and, and to, to many people. He's from the, mm-hmm. the great state of California as well. And um, it went, when Hollywood spoke, too, right? Exactly, exactly. But but when he spoke, and, and, you know, I was I was a kid when he was president, he looked into the camera, and you really understood him. You really felt, he, he was talking just to you um, yeah. through that screen. So did and, he get um, your vote in 1984, Cameron? <laughs> Landslide. Yeah, I mean. All the layman's. So you, you voted for him? <laughs> obviously. <Yeah. laughs> um. But yeah, you know, it, when you start to to put together his body of work, I mean, the assassination attempt, he he survived that um, during a very difficult time in American history too. You know, you you think about the war on drugs and the Cold War and all the work that he did with, um, you know, tearing down the the Berlin Wall. Those are things that are are mm-hmm. hugely hugely um, uh, just just hold historical weight. Well, and he's also in to show how popular he was at the time in his reelection campaign. He won forty nine of the fifty states. The only state he didn't win was Minnesota, which was his opponent was from Minnesota. Right. Uh, Who was the opponent? I can't remember his name. Not Geraldine Ferraro was the VP. Walter Mondale, yeah, Walter Mondale was the one was, was from Minnesota. So I mean, yeah, he was. Maybe some people don't are a little soft on Reagan now. Um, you know, as time has gone on, but in the eighties, man, he was, he was the guy and, um, the country as a whole loved him. So, and no other president since has even gotten close to his electoral, um, victory in, in the 84 election. Wonder what the, the popular vote though was, uh, in those, but yeah. So, um, so you're up, Eric. <clears> the <throat> hundred. Um, I I give this kind of my highest value, and I guess if we said the twenty was more valuable or the one was more valuable than the hundred, I Calvin Coolidge, Silent Cal, 
And, Tyler Cal uh, made your hundred. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I'm really curious. Um, you know, he first of all he became president when Warren G. Harding died, and then um, he kind of like brought some stability and confidence back to the White House because. Warren G. Harding, Harding had had a numerous, uh, you know, all these different scandals. And so Calvin Coolidge kind of put those away. He said, no, we're not doing that. Um, he won every northern state in his 1924 election except Wisconsin. Ooh, sorry about that. Which is suspect. And yeah, no, uh, so I mean, he was he was like a middle class guy. He was a regular guy. Everyone kind of uh, saw him. Um, there's this quote here. It says he embodied the spirit and hopes of the middle class. That he did represent the genius of the average is the most convincing proof of his strength. Um, he lost a son while he was at the White House. His son uh, got a blister and got blood poisoning. He was on the tennis courts of the White House, and he died like a week later or two weeks later. Um, he was very anti-regulation, thin to the point of invisibility, I read. Um but that's not the case. When he was a governor of Massachusetts, he actually helped push through a lot of regulation. And that's not necessarily that he was anti-regulation. He just thought it belonged at the state level. Um, he did not seek a second elected term, though. And they approached him as, as the, that of wanting him to run in 1927. He said no. Uh, he had him back off. Um, he refused him. So, and that was... Um, Herbert Hoover was in office and they wanted him, uh, they wanted Calvin to push Herbert Hoover out at the convention. And he just resisted that. Um, you know, that name silent Cal, there's a few quotes here. Uh, he was silent in five languages. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, fluently silent in five languages. And, uh, you know, you probably heard this one where he was at a party and the woman said, I made a bet today that I could get more than two words out of you. And he said, you lose. You lose. The only two um, words he said. Yeah. And, and then, you know, he, he was like, he was just kind of a down-to-earth guy. So he wasn't in, big into the parties. He wasn't big into the fashionable scene. But people would, he would end up at all these parties. His wife was pretty, uh, you know, she liked to be out on the town. And so someone asked, like, if you just sit around and don't talk, why do you come here? And he basically said, you got to eat somewhere. Um and here's the quote of his. I feel like you're no. I feel I feel like you're putting the Eric Hoffman of presidents on the hundred right now. Is what you're doing. <laughs> you're, you're saying I don't like parties. I don't like all this high fashion stuff. But I got to eat, so I guess I'll go. That's it. Is there anything wrong you with are, that? No. Like, who's just, really complaining? I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to put my face on the hundred then. Um, no, I know. No, Reagan so. is Cameron. I mean, that makes sense. Hollywood, <laughs> man of the people. Hollywood. I guess uh, I'm a civil rights attorney in Thurgood Marshall, which yeah. I, I don't know if that's accurate, but no, yeah. that's what I see on your Twitter yeah. account. Um, <laughs> so here's the quote that I think is most pertinent today. And it's this, he said, the words of a president have an enormous weight and ought not to be used indiscriminately. Well, that's a, a good I mean, had Calvin, a people. had Calvin Coolidge had a Twitter account, he just never would have used it. I mean, it would have been great. It. He might have liked a few things, but he would never actually so, said anything. There's a couple other things. Uh, he he um, he told uh, in his State of the Union address that civil rights of African Americans are just as sacred as those of any other citizen. We have a private duty. Uh, we have a public and private duty to protect those rights. He granted U.S. citizenship to all Native Americans on reservations at the time. Um, he was only 60 when he died in 1933. Um, 
so I, I just see a lot of these things out of him that are like, this guy was a good man and he, he fought for rights and, but he was also just kind of like, listen, the economy, things are going to take care of themselves. I don't need to butt my head in everywhere. And here's my favorite story of Calvin Coolidge. And it has to do okay. with something called the Coolidge effect, um, which you can look up on your own. But here's the story. So there's this joke, basically. He was president. He and his wife, um, <clears throat> Mrs. Coolidge, are being shown around this experimental government farm. And they're, they're separate. So he's following one guy. She's following another or whatever. And so Mrs. Coolidge comes to the chicken yard. She noticed that the rooster was mating very frequently. And uh, she asked the attendant how often that happened and was told dozens of times each day. Mrs. Coolidge says, tell that to the president when he comes by. <laughs> so then Calvin Coolidge comes by and they tell him that. And he's, he asks, same hen every time? And the, <laughs> oh, no, Mr. President, a different hen every time. And the president said, tell that to Mrs. Coolidge. <laughs> And I just, That's awesome. I, I just feel like he's the kind of guy you could sit in your backyard and just chat with. And he wouldn't have a ton to say, but you'd just be at ease around him. Um, so he should be he's on the He's got that kind of uh, laconic humor. Yeah. Very understated, but really funny. Yeah. All right. That's good. Um, uh, let's move on to the one. And right. um, I guess I'll, I'll start off. And, and here's where I... I guess if if it wasn't a stated rule, but you didn't pick anybody that was still alive, and, and in this case, I did. Oh. Uh, I did pick Barack Obama, and I put him on the one. And I picked him because he is the first black president, and just like Washington was the first American president. Uh, I do think Are you the saying significance... Barack isn't American? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> you got me. You got me. That's going to get cut and edited over so and over Jake again. Jake is a birther. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Rewind 15 seconds. Cut that. Fix it in post. Um, oh. But while Washington was our first president, uh, Obama is our first black president. And I think whether or not you agree with his presidency, um, the impact and the significance of that is huge. And while maybe he shouldn't be put on money now, while while he is still alive, I, I kind of do agree with your sentiment on that where we, and I didn't think about it that way, but um, we shouldn't, um, I do think eventually he is going to get put on some currency. And I think deservedly so. Um, before he was president, he was senator um, uh, from the great state, I guess, of Illinois. Although my personal feelings on Illinois tend to cloud that. Um, and in office, and again, you can look at a lot of these people and you can look at their record and say, well, I don't like what he did here or there, but they're whether or not you like what they did, they are significant and they did have a big impact on the U S and I you think, know, I, I think, and I think it's interesting that while we're, when we're in a presidency or when we're in the term after a presidency, we're, we're still very harsh on that. We're either very high or very low on that particular president. As yeah. as time goes on, it softens until you get to a point in time where you're you're like a generation or two away that we can mm -hmm. actually judge fairly a presidency. So right now, I think we still judge Obama's presidency pretty harshly because we're in the term right after it ended. Mm -hmm. But we judge George W. Bush a little bit more. more we judge it softer. 
Um, yeah. And it won't soften over time. It will become more fair over time. So, yeah. And I, I think that's a, a good way of looking at it. And uh, so, like I said, whether or not you agree with what he did, he did do some big things. Uh, Obamacare is obviously what he hitched his wagon to. And, and in general, I would say that was a, a failure. Um, but it was a significant piece of legislation. And whether or not Obamacare survives in a form that we know it as, it has fundamentally shaped how we view uh, health care and, and health insurance in the United States. Uh, similarly, he did the executive order for DACA, which was actually recently just upheld uh, by the Supreme Court this week. Um, really pushed for a lot of multinational trade agreements, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, free trade with the U.S. and Colombia, um, South um, and South America. He put us in the Paris Climate Accord, which I know Trump pulled out of, but um, the U.S. was instrumental in kind of negotiating that. And I, I would say his biggest accomplishment, and again, I don't agree with necessarily how we got there, but he did oversee the United States getting out of the recession. And he did lead us to 70-some months of job gains and um, economic growth. Again, you can make criticisms of that and, and say, well, wage growth didn't go up as much or these other factors. But um, he did uh, oversee the United States uh, getting out of the recession, which I, I think is a big feather in his cap. Yeah, those aren't those aren't bad arguments. I, I again, my my beef with that is not necessarily my any disagreements with him, but by putting him on money, <clears throat> like if you put him on the one dollar bill, that's what we're on, right? Um, yep. I mean, what if you put Trump on the one dollar bill three years from now? I mean, there's some people that will Trump take it love that. and just rip it up, and, and you could put Bush Bush two on the dollar bill, and again, as as time goes on, it softens. Once you get to a certain point, people have removed their emotions from it. Um, so, that, no, and, and that's I think that's a fair criticism. Um, because I think it's just it's tough. Like if if you if Trump next week said, "I'm putting my face on the one dollar bill," half this country would just start burning. That well, they wouldn't burn their current dollar bills, but you know, if they got one, they'd ask for an exchange. You know, it'd just be. It'd be a whole other deal, and, yeah. and nobody wants to deal with it. Give me a bag of nickels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I get it. I bet the $2 bill would get a lot more popular, though. So, that'd be good. True. With old with old Nixon. Um, all right, uh, Cameron, who'd you have on the one? Um, yeah, this is another one that is just too perfect to change. Um, first president, $1 bill. Um, Washington is the, the father of our nation. It just makes too much sense to change that. Um, I, I think the best yeah. thing about Washington, um, and, and I realize we already said it, but he was reluctant to be the leader. Um, he was really pushed up on stage and you know, said, hey, the only way this is going to work is if you're our guy. Um, and as much as he hated it, he understood that he was that guy and he shouldered that burden. And, you know, that's, it's, it's Father's Day and, and all of that. As, as fathers, that's kind of our job to shoulder that burden and to, you know, take care of the kids and take care of the wife and, and all that responsibility is um, a big weight. 
And when you've got a brand new nation that grows up to be the greatest nation on earth that the world has ever known, um, that's, that's hard to outdo that. And it's, like I said, it's just, he's, he's the Michael Jordan of presidents. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. And like, it's, you know, Washington and, and I know Eric, you put him on the two, um, he's just one of those guys that it's hard not to put him on some currency um, because yeah. he's so important. And uh, with that, Eric, who'd you so, have on the one? So the $1 bill being as as widely circulated as it is, <clears throat> and I know I keep coming back to this a couple times, and I think it's, it's, it's kind of timely, is the, the idea of, memorializing somebody who did or participated in something abhorrent like slavery. I, I, I get it. I, I can empathize with that. Um, and so knowing that I had to put somebody on the dollar bill that, that couldn't have participated in that, but also somebody that was so immensely important to the founding of this nation. I would consider him the most important founding father. Um, and that is John Adams. He, aboard slavery. He never owned a slave in his life. Um, he assisted in the writing of the Declaration of Independence. He was a uh, minister to France um, at the beginning of the revolution to try to ex- get funds from France. And he did that kind of in tandem with Benjamin Franklin, and he tried to like rein in Benjamin Franklin from saying stupid things yeah. um, and, and irritating people. Um you know, he had this amazing relationship with his wife, Abigail. He was away for like two years at a time and he took his son with him, one of his children. So he was away from his wife and, and his other children for two years. And, you know, we, we have the record that we have their letters back and forth. Um, he did, um, you know, he was also that lawyer who defended the British soldiers who fired at the Boston Massacre. So he believed in that that right to counsel, that um, presumption of innocence. Those are things that he saw as tantamount to a new republic. They were very important. Um, so he was willing to side with the enemy to defend their innocence because it, it was worth defending. Um, and his presidency was okay. Um, he did sign the Alien and Sedition Acts, which are boo moments for me. He served one term as a second president. Uh, he was the vice president. And that was a time, you know, when his vice president was Thomas Jefferson, who was the opponent party's candidate. So if you can imagine the next election was, you know, Donald Trump wins and Joe Biden is his vice president or vice versa. Yeah, that's a reality show you want to watch. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, so totally different how they did that. But yeah, and, and I, I think John Adams... He needs to be memorialized in a way almost that 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 puts him kind of supersedes even Washington and Jefferson as great as they were. They were aristocratic and John Adams was not. Um, And so I I think he should be he should be kind of raised up as more of what Americans should and can be. um, As opposed to Washington and Jefferson, who. Um, they just come from different places and different attitudes. So John Adams gets my one. 
That's a good one to have. All right. Well, that leaves us with the 20. Um, Big old 20. Who wants to go first? I'll I'll get mine out of the way. I haven't gone first yet. Um, He's been said before. And I think being such a common currency and being used so frequently, I think it's necessary to put somebody somebody that people can identify with and aspire to. And that's Theodore Roosevelt. And I think he just he needs to be a face that says we this is American ingenuity. This is American uh, vibrancy and American um, willingness to step out and uh, with courage and without fear and and, and stand in, in the gap and, and just kind of go above and beyond in your own personal life. Um, and then you can aspire also to the presidency. So I think it'd be great to have him on the 20 and for people to see his face and see this is a great man and a great president. And that mustache really belongs on some money. It should. It, like the mustache, the mustache is what, yeah, just put the mustache on the 20. The mustache and the hat with the glasses, no actual face, just those three. You know, it, just put him on the horse on the 20. <laughs> like, let's stop screwing around. Yeah. It shouldn't even be his presidential portrait. It should be his military attire. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, I also had Teddy, so I'm not going to belabor the point. Yeah! Uh, as Cameron has been known to say... He wasted his Teddy people. on an earlier denomination. He's a man of the people. So, uh, and I thought the 20 is the dollar of the people. Like, that's the most commonly used um, mm. denomination. It's not too pretentious. It's not 100, but it's not... It's not nothing to sneeze at either. Uh, and so that's why I put Teddy on the 20. Um, how about you, Cameron? What do you got? Lead us out. You know, it's, it's funny because I don't, I don't consider the $20 bill as, you know, the man of the people or anything like that. So when I was thinking about how to assign these, um, the, I felt like Martin Luther King should have been on this list, but wasn't a politician doesn't doesn't fit the bill um so i was thinking okay during oh that, pun intended ah nice yeah no totally yeah totally we're funny um so i i was thinking of another person who you know came alongside him during that time period um because that don't say it. that era was so, so important in, you know, racial equality in this country. And I chose a lot of people from, from different backgrounds and that kind of thing. Um, if, if I can't choose Martin Luther King, I think um, RFK, Bobby Kennedy. Bobby! Is, is huge. So, you know. An attorney general. Yes. Huh? Two Kennedys, right? Yeah, you picked two it, Kennedys. It, it, that's bold. No, I didn't put John. I didn't no, put John. I, I put oh, John. Eric, you had John. Okay. Okay. Still, the picking picking the attorney general over the president brother, or over the senator brother, the alcoholic senator brother. Um, it's bold. Well, well, here's why though too. Um, yeah, if if you look at it, he was an attorney general. He was a senator. He ran for president. Um, and I, I realize he didn't win as as a president, but. You know, what if had he not I, I, been assassinated? I think he wins um, that. Oh, yeah. If if yeah, exactly. And how much would that have changed the course of history? You know, you look at the the Kennedys; they were obviously a dynasty as it is. But if to have two 
presidents in that in that family um, pretty formidable. Um, yeah, and John used Bobby kind of as a man behind the scenes to get a lot of stuff done domestically. Um, so it's not out of the realm that even in in John's uh, administration, Bobby had a very important impact on on kind of how that um, that how that shaped. Uh, how John Kennedy ran his his administration. So yeah, I, I think that's a that's kind of a sleeper pick, but it's not a bad pick. It's just it's not one that would pop into your head, especially because his brothers were so much more famous. Um, but had Bobby lived, he would have been just as, if not yeah. more so. Yeah, an attorney general though as that pick, and and well, and a senator, I, I guess. So mm-hmm. that's all right. I can I can hang with that. Okay. All right, well, uh, that wraps us up. Does Cameron, it? Oh, yeah, you said Theodore. I, I was like waiting for Jake's. I did say Ted. Teddy? No, I did it. Teddy, yeah. all right. I think Teddy's the only one we all picked um, in some way. But, yeah, so that wraps it up. Cameron, thank you so much for coming. I hope you had a good time. Uh, it was a blast. That was great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully we can do this again. Yeah, we yeah, will. Yeah, sure. you're, you're good at baseball and stuff, right? Like, are you the guy we talked to about baseball? Or is it basketball? <laughs> either one i'm a man of the people right jake (laughs) (laughs) yes you are all right well that wraps up this episode of dad bod history thank you all and have a great week and cut